Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Ken's 5 San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Your Spurs are uh, in the thick of things in their season, uh, but as every other team is dealing with, COVID. Yes, it hit them. You know that. We all know that. But kind of a bright line to this is that the young guys are getting run, namely the rookies. Jock Landau, Wieskamp, Josh Primo are getting some significant NBA time. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. What have we seen from the rookies now that they're seeing a spike in NBA minutes due to circumstances that just the whole world is dealing with? Do that. I'm joined by my good friend, San Antonio Sports Star's very own James Pleasure. Follow him on Twitter at I am Pleasure. James, huh, so this is good. The rookies are getting some burn. Yeah, I mean, that's the silver lining of all of this, as you mentioned, is despite the COVID issues, it has forced Pop's hand into playing Josh Primo, Jock Landale, who's got more minutes and mm-hmm. run recently anyway, and even Joe Wieskamp. And I've enjoyed what I've seen on the floor, despite the losses uh, piling up. It's mm-hmm. great on the job training for especially like a, a Josh Primo. Right. I understand and I don't mind him going to Austin, but I do love when he gets these instances to help with San Antonio to kind of understand what the game is in mm-hmm. the NBA and what he needs to do to adjust himself to play better at the NBA level against NBA competition and then go back to the G League and incorporate it once he's got a chance. But I've always thought it is best for him to get a game or two or three of extended run in San Antonio before he goes back to Austin. And I think this is only going to help his development. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, from uh, Josh Primo showing, like, maybe the Spurs Spurs were kind of smart to draft him very early. To even finding a gem like Jock Landale, you know, doing his thing away from the basket with the Spurs desperately in that position. There's so much good things that are coming out from the Spurs rookie. But let's go to start off with Josh Primo. Uh, he's been getting the start. He's been playing in those crunch time minutes, as we saw versus the Brooklyn Nets. He's really been showing that he has some stuff that the Spurs can definitely work with moving forward, maybe not this season, but then he also shows moments where, you know, he is just still a rookie. He's still a 19 year old kid. What, you know, what have you been seeing out of uh, Josh now that he's seen some NBA burn? The, the main thing I've seen out of Josh Primo that I will give him the most credit for is his ability to, show no fear out there. Everything he does mm-hmm. is with, seems like it's with a purpose, with an intention. He doesn't seem to be thinking or hesitating when he's on offense or defense. That was the main thing that got Lucas Simonic in so much mm-hmm. trouble in San Antonio is it always felt like the gears were turning and he'd catch the ball, have to think about what he has to do with it next before actually doing what he had to do. Mm -hmm. Primo just reacts to what's happening in the game. And that's really impressive to see for a kid as young as he is. He just seems to get it. And it's really, really beneficial in his development, I think. And I think that's Mm -hmm. not just COVID, but also what he's showing in terms of 
not having to think when he's on the court and just reacting Mm -hmm. is helping him to get the extra minutes. Because even before this game, he was getting some games in San Antonio. They were Mm -hmm. few and far between, but he was getting a little bit of run in San Antonio. And there were nights where he'd, you know, get 15 to 25 minutes just out of the blue and then be shipped back to Austin. And I'm okay with that. I look at what Primo uh, is doing on the court, and it, it's mainly more pros and cons. You know, I just didn't knock out the con real fast. Is that he still gets the uh, target of being bullied, not in a bad way, but you know, yeah. hey, this is NBA game. You know, these guys are, you know, are, he's playing against men, uh, men that are bigger than him, stronger than him, and we see that from time to time. Saw that versus the Nets. Uh, there were several times where the Nets players were trying to bully him and blow. blow. Uh, but at the same time. Uh, I'm glad he's out there in the fire. Let him learn exactly what he needs to do to contend versus that kind of physicality at the NBA mm-hmm. level. There's also this too, you know, um, you know, you're talking about taking the shot, not afraid. What did he do versus the the Nets? He had a key clutch three late in the game to help force overtime. That kind of play just stunned me when I saw him nail that three and the way he. I mean, it's like he celebrated his own personal title. I mean, he just flexed like crazy and just yelling off that court. That was good to see, especially for his first team that many counted out versus Brooklyn. But, uh, you know, I actually attended the Brooklyn game. I uh, was there to see Spurs Nets. This time, not as media. I wanted to just go enjoy it, just have fun. Mm -hmm. And um, let me tell you, where I was sitting, I was able to watch Primo uh, up close and personal and see his – his type of reaction from that three. So we all saw it. He nails the three. He runs off the court. He's yelling. He's screaming. He's in heaven. He is so amped, James, that when the team is ready to go back on the court to defend from basically from that moment on, whether he was called in to play or drawn up to be the next unit coming out of the timeout, he was always trying to get into that unit. It was to the point, James, and I wish I recorded this. Becky Hammond grabbed him by the hand, had to pull him every time. The team was going back on the court to tell him, no, go sit back down. That's how much he wanted to get bound that court, uh, James. Yeah, and you love seeing that out of Josh Primo. I mean, we had that game before the COVID with him where coming off the bench, he played 28 minutes, had 15 points, was two of six from three. I mean, that game in Toronto was a beautiful thing because we got to see Josh Primo really before COVID had ravaged the team the way it had. Mm -hmm. And he responded well. I mean, he obviously had a rougher time in Philadelphia the day after when he started, played 25 minutes, only had nine points, uh, didn't get a lot of shots up, but that was also kind of, I think in part to, you know, he was being defended better. Like he knew what to do with the ball outside of that, but Another start, another 39 minutes uh, Mm -hmm. yesterday morning in Brooklyn, 12 points. Uh, The shots weren't falling as easily, but that did not keep him from shooting. I mean, he Mm -hmm. he still put up 16 shots. He still put up seven threes despite the low uh, shooting percentage. And kind of that's what – that's a lot of what Pop wants to see too. Like if you're struggling, don't be scared. Don't pass up shots continue to shoot we've seen him pull players for less when they get scared to shoot so Mm. primo feels like he understands exactly what pop wants out of him and i just think this on the job training for him and playing with 
the San Antonio team is only going to be in the grand scheme of things so much better. And I do think his timetable, I said this this summer after the Utah Summer League with him, after what I saw, I was like, I shifted my expectations. I think he's on the Kelvin plan. The Kelvin plan was mm-hmm. we saw him every once in a while during the season, but then when the when the Austin Spurs season ended, around February, we started yeah. to see a little bit more of him, a little bit more of him, and then you know the shutdown unfortunately happened. But after mm-hmm. the shutdown happened, it was wide open in the bubble for him. I think by March, April, mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of primo. We're talking with James Pledger. He's with San Antonio Sports Star and the co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. Follow him on Twitter at I am Pledger. I, I look at Primo, and I, you know, it's unfortunate the way the state of the world is, let alone the NBA is. But it, proof is in the pudding. Sometimes you got to throw these kids out there. Look at mm-hmm. uh, Devin Vassell. He did not play a lick in the G League at all. And look how well, there how, was no G League, right? There was no G. Well, there was the G League bubble. Trey Jones went out to uh, Florida. The um, gobble, that's right. The gobble, that, yeah. Even that started later than normal. Like the Spurs right, season yeah. started, and Vassell was already kind of a part of the rotation mm-hmm. by the time the gobble started, if I remember correctly. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back in the gridiron to start the football season. As always, been a line your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and get yourself a 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts use promo code LOCKEDON. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the, the double, yeah, the double city later started later because they were they shifted from their regular the, the team cities to Florida. So they moved out there. And uh, by the time they got going, Trey Jones hadn't been assigned. But, but my point is, is that we've seen this pandemic actually help the Spurs kind of fasten, uh, you know, quickly, rapidly. These young guys get them in mm-hmm. on the court. You're seeing it right now with Primo. We saw it last year with Vassell simply because they just needed bodies out there. And uh, maybe for Jones, it was just a matter of roster because, you know, DeMar was still there. Patty was still there. And then yeah, you, you're before they were in space. And then before that, it was, you highlighted KJ, you know, the pandemic happened. They had to get a body in the bubble happened. And here we go. So you're, you're good to see that these young guys are taking advantage of it. And Primo. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, yeah, are there co- both? Let's yeah. Both short change. What Landell's been able to do here recently. He had a rough start. He yeah. had the concussion and then he had COVID and then it took him a while to get back from his conditioning on that. And he has been getting some run even before Primo. And he's looked pretty good with it. I mean, he, he's a mm-hmm. little slow-footed in terms of defensively and stuff, but mm-hmm. he can stretch the floor, obviously. He is a big body down low to help bang with Jakob. I mean, 
I kind of like what I'm seeing out of Jacques Landell so far in terms of effort, hustle, ability mm-hmm. to stretch the floor. Uh, you know, defense could be better, but he is also outmatched in, in terms of foot speed with some of the people yeah. he's been tasked with defending as well. So mm-hmm. I'm not completely going to hold that against him. Like, I, same same thing with Jakob Pertl. Like, if mm-hmm. he gets exposed on switches, like, that's that's not Jakob's fault because he's not that guy, but he's also savvy enough to be able to at least mask it some as best he mm-hmm. can and know where he needs to be in order to keep from getting driven to the bucket. But, I mean, I like what I've seen out of Jacques Landell so far in the extended run he's finally been getting, right. which is even before all this COVID hit. Yeah, and you, when he got the uh, NBA G League run, he only played two games, and in those two games, he was just destroying everybody on that court. I mean, there was just uh, offensively, there was nothing that anybody could do to slow him down. And then you add the fact, too, that he provides something that the Spurs big men don't have, and you, Eubanks is not going to do that. <laughs> is Eubanks even playing nowadays? You know, he's been the afterthought now. Pirtle, you know, definitely cannot stretch the floor like Jock can. Jock can definitely stretch that floor. Uh, defensively, yeah, there's still work to be done. Uh, you know, he's you see him getting cooked a few times on the defensive end. You know, again, again, you know, Joel Embiid is destroying everybody this season. So, you know, it's hard to contain yeah, I mean, him. That, that's but, a tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. But, you know, hey, you know, he's at least Landale six fouls on the defensive end. But all in all, you like the fact that he's getting the burn. He's getting those NBA minutes. And let's not forget, too, he's not a traditional NBA rookie. He's a rookie in the sense of, it's his first season, but he has pro experience, James, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he spent multiple years in the NBL, which mm-hmm. is the Australian League, where he was a, an MVP in this past season, the Grand Finals MVP, which is basically their NBA Finals of sorts. So he does have not just experience, but experience at a very high level. Uh, it's kind of like when we talk about Rockets rookie Alperin Shingun. I mean, he played at a very high pro level before coming over to the NBA, and you can start to see from Shingun that meant something because he has translated a lot easier into the NBA game than has a Jalen Green. You know, speaking of uh, Alperin out there in Houston, you know, I don't know if you caught this. I think it was like a few weeks ago where he did an interview, and I think he's Turkish, right? I think he's from Turkey. Yes. And uh, he pretty much is just begging for more minutes because he desperately he feels like he can contribute to this Rockets team. So that just goes to show you that some of these international players with pro experience, they're like, hey, 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 I get it. It's the NBA, but I'm not some kid out of high school. I'm not some kid just one year in college and done. You know, and I like that edge that these international players mm-hmm. come with. We've seen it benefit the Spurs. Tony Parker, he played pro before he became a spur, Manu Ginobili was a pro of pros before he became a pro in the NBA. <laughs> so, you know, you know, that's just what comes with the territory. And Jock, I think he'll get better on the defensive end because there are times defensively you see him react to, you know, maybe his flubs on the defensive end. He'll get mad at himself. Like he'll like kind of like clap his hands. He'll like bang his fist on his uh, thighs. Like, come on, come on, come on. Just, Get it, Jock. And I like that out of him. So I don't have any kind of hesitation that he will not not get the defensive end. 
Uh, but offensively, yeah, I mean, he is set. I like what he provides. You know, three three pointers just rain down. You know, from him, and he wasn't lying, was he, James? When he said, "I shoot the piss out of it," so he definitely yeah, does he shoot the not. piss out of it. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we get to uh, Joe Wieskamp. Uh, yeah, I want to circle back to Primo, and mm-hmm. I noticed this during the uh, Nets game. And let me see if you caught this too. Is it just me, or does he tend to dribble the ball a lot like when he's on the offensive end? Like he really, really dribbles uh, the shot clock down. You know, he's trying to set up his guys, but mm-hmm. instead of doing a quick passes, again, I just noticed that in that one game versus Brooklyn where he was really pounding that ball and not really and getting it's the not offense going. Like that with him, Jeff. Yeah, uh, I've noticed that. You know, he lets the ball come to him sometimes, but part of it too is probably dependent on lineups um i'm not sure what they want josh primo to be and that may change from game to game too do they want him to be the two the off guard do they want him to be the on ball guard uh and you know when Murray's not in, have him take over kind of the way uh, Derek White does in situations or uh, in certain situations of the game? Do they want him to be a DeMar type where he has the ball in his hands and controls the tempo and the flow? Like, I know they drafted him with a specific plan in mind, probably to play multiple positions because he can do that that was one of the reasons that was said that they drafted him because he was surprisingly good on the ball and they talked about that during his draft process about him being an on-ball guy and so I don't know if they're trying to initiate him into being an on-ball guy or Mm -hmm. an off-ball guy compliment or some kind of hybrid of both but certain situations of the game, it's kind of like DeMar. You might see him take over the ball because that's what the Spurs want from him. Um, Yeah. I, I, you know, again, that's just something I noticed versus Brooklyn. Maybe it was just a one-off thing, but I was watching that game there, sitting in the fan stand saying, man, he's really, really, really just dribbling that ball, you know, and not moving the offense. But like you said, it could have been just a situational thing. And with the Spurs uh, trying to get that win, maybe they just felt it was better for him to create. And that's why they just hang on to the ball. Josh, do something. So we'll see how that plays out moving forward. Once again, we're talking with James Pledger. He is with San Antonio Sports Star and the co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. You can listen to or watch on their YouTube page, San Antonio Sports Star. Finally, that takes us to Joe Wieskamp. Um, The guy can shoot. Oh, man, can he shoot? Uh, uh, you know, knocking down threes. I'm glad he's getting some NBA minutes because of the three guys, he's been the most with the Austin Spurs really doesn't get a lot. And when he does get recalled back to San Antonio, it doesn't really get a lot of NBA burn. Glad he's finally getting that. Throw him out on the fire. Huh, James? Yeah, I'm glad to see him get out into the fire, too. But at the same time, seeing him out in the fire makes me understand he is a little further off than is whether it's Wieskamp or Landale, or excuse me, uh, Primo or Landale, because it's just he's having a tough time. The shots aren't falling in the NBA. Um, 
He's having a tough time getting a shot off. And I, I love the fact that he's kind of attached himself to Doug McDermott because that's the kind of player Wieskamp's really going to have to be in, in the NBA. He's going to have to find a way to get a shot off and know where spots are and make determined cuts on the floor when he's on it that all have a purpose. Every movement he's going to take on the floor is going to have a purpose to it. And that's what I've seen so far from Wieskamp. He has struggled finding his rhythm in the NBA, especially over these last few weeks or these last few games where he has gotten some more significant burn. But I I do think a little bit more time in the G League where he has been lighting Mm -hmm. it up would be beneficial for Wieskamp. Yeah, looking at uh, some of his game logs here, you know, versus the Brooklyn Nets, he poured in three points. His best game recently was the loss in Toronto with 13 points off three of five shooting from the three line, five of eight overall from the field. Yeah, you know, I've spoken with Wieskamp. He had a rough many- outing in Philly. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he went to 0 for 3 from the field, 0 for 2 from the three line. Um, I've, I've gotten to know Wieskamp, um, you know, from the uh, Zooms I've done with him uh, and chats and interviews I've done with him. He really, really, really wants to be known more than just a three-point shooter. He's told me that tons and tons of times in, in conversations I had with him, saying, I'm more than just this. I'm more than this. He goes, believe it or not, I'm actually athletic. You know, he's like, believe it or not, I actually can play some defense. Yeah, yeah and, and and he can, but I, I think you're right. He's a little behind the curve. I want to say not dramatically, but he's he's not Primo's level right now. He's definitely not Jock's level. He's, and that's the he's thing there. with Wies Camp, especially yeah. in the NBA, is possibly you maybe want to be known as more than this. I'm sure – there are a bunch of guys that wanted to be known as more than just a three-point shooter. J.J. Redick, Matt Miller, um, Doug McDermott. McDermott. All these guys have probably wanted to be known as more than, but you might have to carve out a role as that first and let it expand from there. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, look look at Redick's Mm -hmm. career. I mean, it was just phenomenal. You know, look at – McDermott, he's having a, a great uh, career uh, as mm-hmm. well. So there's a, and, and believe it or not, you know, in today's NBA, I mean, three point shooting is a premium. Any team's going to want a guy that's reliable from the three line. And Weez Camp is definitely showing that he can be that uh, if and when he does get much more, you know, minutes on that NBA court with San Antonio or if he takes his talents elsewhere, uh, that could happen. Overall, I look at the uh, rookies and the fact that they're getting burned of late is great. They're losing, James. That's also good, too, for those that are that want to see the ping pong balls pile up. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like the Spurs are getting the best of both worlds right now. You know, it sucks that they're racking up L's, but it does bump them up up the uh, food chain in the draft lottery and is giving these rookies some mm-hmm. good NBA minutes moving forward, James. And people misunderstand me when I say tank. Uh, when I say tank, I... I understand that the team does not have the the talent to compete with other teams in the in the same conference or in the NBA. They just don't as of this moment. As great as DeJounte is playing, he can't do it on his own, and Keldon hasn't taken that step. And you can supplement with veterans and blah, 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 and end up at around 500 and make your way into the play-in tournament possibly, or you can – and this is kind of what the Houston Texans did strip it down to nothing, give the reins to Davis mills 
and see if he develops and compete. And, and you look at different players that are either on one-year deals or rookies and see if there's some development there throughout the season. And there has been. And the Texans got a couple of wins late, and they finished with four. But now there's this this thing of like, wow, Davis Mills really showed something this year. Maybe they don't need a quarterback going into next year's draft. That's what I'm talking about when I say tank. It's more about just letting the youth learn on the job and seeing if if it develops into something and you can work with it. It's not so much about the wins and losses. You're playing to win the game still. Hello, you play to win the game. But at the same time, if the wins don't come because – you know, rookie mistakes or rookie inconsistencies, but you start to see things develop over time, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's what I meant by team tank. Like, let the rookies play, let the young guys play, Kelvin, Devin, Primo, like, let these younger guys play and accept that there are going to be hiccups along the way. If they win, great. If they don't, which is kind of what you expect because young guys don't quite understand how to win consistently in the NBA. That's why you never see like a a Fab Five type team in the NBA. Usually it takes them a few years and a team of rookies just doesn't automatically take you to an NBA title. Like there are bumps along the way with young teams that have to figure out how to win in the NBA. And that's all I wanted was a chance for the young guys to go out and prove what they are, and they're starting to do that, and they're winning some games, yes, but COVID's happened right now. They are behind the eight ball in terms of bodies and talent, especially with what three of three of the four that just went on, and if you include Doug, Doug McDermott, uh, four of the five are starters. For the most part, I, I, I mean, you just uh, got your other starter back into Jonte Murray when these other starters went down. Right. So it's it is what it is, and I I don't want tank to sound like it's a bad word. I don't mean tank as in like oh you're drawing up plays to lose games. Right. That's not what I mean by the word tank. What I mean by the word tank is just let your young guys develop, roll the ball out there with them, and what happens happens. Now, if they're the moment's too big and they're not ready, that's what the G league's for. But obviously we're seeing some things from Josh Primo. We're seeing some things from Jack Landell that at least warrant more consideration and more time. Joe Wieskamp. Yeah. He could probably benefit for some, from some more time in Austin. And I wouldn't say that Josh Primo, you know, going back and forth won't help him either. But to to think that, you know, once everybody gets healthy, Josh Primo shouldn't have a spot on this team, I think it's a little absurd. Yeah. I mean, what whether I mean if this is a rebuilding season, you rebuild by giving your rebuilding pieces for the future time on the NBA court. And that's what the Spurs have to do. Hey, you're not the only one who thinks that too. You know, some guy named Greg Popovich, you know, recently, uh, before a game said that he was happy for seeing Mills and LaMarcus, you know, still doing their thing, you know, with Brooklyn. He's happy for DeMar in Chicago. But then he went on to say, but we're at the point now where we have to develop these kids and if the losses come, so be it. And that's exactly the type of mindset I think this Spurs team, the fan base needs to have 
uh, th- at least this season. Um, is like because so yeah, exactly. Yeah, what did yeah. you say his name was? Greg, some guy named Greg Popovich. Popovich. Yeah, I don't know, supposedly like 11 wins away from the all time coaching wins list, uh, something like that. But not bad. Uh, Probably not bad at all. Thing. Yeah, I here's think so. the thing, too when he says something like that, and he says, We've got to watch these young kids develop, and it doesn't sound like a guy that's going anywhere anytime soon, right? Oh, that's for a whole other locked on Spurs right there. <laughs> with, <laughs> with 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 Becky taking her uh, talents to Las Vegas now, you got to scratch sure, your head. Sure, sure. I'm just saying, with Becky going to Las Vegas now, and those comments by Pop, and, and what he's specifically said over and over again about these young guys and the process of building them, it doesn't sound like a guy who's about to quit coaching, right? Is the is what was he seventy six? Yeah, like that. Seventy six is seventy six. The new fifty six is that what that is? I I don't know, and I know he's always said I'm not a basketball lifer, but all the people he's passing on this coaching list are basketball lifers. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be what? He's gonna be like the uh, the Kareem Abdul Jabbar of players. You know, didn't Jabbar play to forty two, forty three? Uh, then he hung like it up, that. something like that. Yeah. So uh, well, that just, like I just said earlier, that's for a whole other yeah, lockdown. Yeah, it is. But I'm just saying, in theory, like his comments don't lend himself to feeling like he's going anywhere anytime soon, right? Yeah, there was there was somebody else who echoed that statement recently. I forgot who it was. It, uh, I think it was another NBA coach who said the exact same thing, saying like, "Oh no, he still has plenty left in the tank." So like, oh man, oh man, you know, like. Popovich no, is going to rain up. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, it, it, listening to a lot of his press conferences this year, you can kind of feel when someone's nearing their end, right? Whether it's a player, coach, whatever, you can kind of feel when the end is coming. With Pop, it doesn't feel like that this year. We always, we've speculated and I was like, oh man, he's getting close, he's getting close. And it kind of felt like he was. But over the last year, he kind of feels renewed in a sense, it feels like, especially in his press conferences. Well, there was a moment in the early in the season where I was thinking, like, this might be it because he was doing a lot of reflective chat with media. Uh, and then lately he's kind of been spiking back up to the whole, I like this, I'm coaching finally. He even said it recently, too. He said, I don't, long are the days where I can just roll out the ball and say, Timmy, Kawhi, LMA, Damar, Tony, go do your thing. He said, I'm actually teaching now. Um, and I think that the, into that group. Yeah, Manu as well. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, how can, how can I forget Matt Bonner, too? You know, I got to bring in Matt Bonner as well. <laughs> but all in all, yeah, it definitely is a different vibe with him. And, you know, I think Team USA also maybe perked him up a little bit more, too. You know, he won so on that level. Yeah, I think that perked him a lot more uh, to get him going. We'll see. We'll see because. You know, you, you talk about player planning, like rebuilding the player roster. The yeah. organization is going to start thinking about, you know, coach rebuilding soon. Whether that I'm be sorry, Mitch I didn't John. mean to open a whole can of worms here with you. Yeah. But it's just something, as you mentioned his, his comments right there, I was like, you know, a lot of his press conferences have been like that lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see exactly what Pop has in store. But thanks for thanks, thanks to James for giving us the next topic right here on Locked On Spurs <laughs> sometime this week. Hey, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. But James now is going to tell you everything you need to know about the star, what's going on, 
some guy named Joe Ryan Eggles over there now. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. All that stuff. What's going on with the star? You guys are making waves each and every day. <laughs> We're trying to anyway. Um, of course, we've got all of our shows. We got R and R in the morning with Rudy and Rob uh, Jimenez with half on halftime from noon to two. The Blitz has now added as Jason Minix, as you said, is joined by one and only Ken's five uh, sports director Joe Reinagle who has just announced his retirement from TV after 25 years and will be ending his run at Ken's in February, I believe. So he'll be pulling double duty until then. So it's always fun uh, to be able to bring in someone like Joe, who is, you know, you can tell he's got radio roots because it's been so seamless for him. And it's really fun to hear that show with Joe and Jason and the great thing about bringing a TV guy like Joe over to the radio side is a, it's long form. You know, you're not in a three minute package piece or whatever. So you look at um, what Joe's able to do is he's able to have opinions. Now those are things you're not allowed to have on TV for the most part. You can have an opinion about something. You can talk about things outside of the realm of sports and just kind of be like that dude at the bar that you, you know, set, pull up to and have a conversation with. And it, it goes everywhere from concerts to what do you like to drink to what's the best Mexican food in San Antonio to, you know, the Spurs and the Cowboys. Not at, not at Dairy Queen, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that kind of took over all of the star there for a little bit. And then, of course, on the weekends, you got the Saturday morning hangover with myself and Jack Thompson, the post-up. Uh, those go from 9 to noon on Saturdays. And then following that, we also have uh, Sunday laying down the law from 9 to 11 and the Sunday sports grill from 11 to 1. There is no excuse for you to not check out San Antonio Sports Star and that lineup that James just rattled off there. I am glad to have been a been a guest on many of those things. Even the meta. Even I've been on the meta. Ah, um, oh, that is right. Friday yeah. nights at ten, the meta with yeah. Katie Barber. We are your home for everything gaming and esports as well on Friday night. I am shocked. I'm not you know be, uh, not on that show more often, man. I am shocked. Oh, you. Will oh be. my god, god that, that I had fun with that show there. I was and I think I told the the host I was like. So I don't have to talk about Spurs. I can just nerd out. And they're like, yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. One, two, three. Let's go. All right. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. The list goes on and on. Thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. And the uh, Spurs played the Knicks yesterday night. So we'll see what happened between the Spurs, Knicks, uh, how that went down from the Knicks perspective. So for James Pledger, I am Jeff Garcia. We're putting a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs.